0: All right, John, we'll say good morning. Let us begin. I want to thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Shvat. To thank Bracha Strimba for dedicating all the Shurim and drashos this month in memory of her husband Avi Strimmer, Avram Ben Kamen, Eliezer Ezra Halevi Zechun of the Brach. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Neshamel, will aliyah and the family in Chama. We thank Avi Tobayes for dedicating all the shiurim and drashos this month. in appreciation. ...of the Dafyomi Sheer and of HaKadosh Baruch beautiful Torah. Our week of learning sponsors, Baruch Meir and Rina Dubin, for dedicating the learning this week in the merit of our Rav for Chava Tzipora, Bas Chaya Malka. Our day of learning sponsor today, Nina Allen Goldberg, in commemoration of the first yard site of her mother, Miriam Rosenbaum Garfield, Miriam Bas Avram. We hope that in the merit of our Tamu Torah, the Neshama Shav and Aliyah and the family in Nechama. And our Dafyomi sponsor, Bennett Goldberg, for dedicating the shir today, in honor of his birthday. Harach Hashem, I'll see on uh, on Zoom over here. Harach Hashem, let's parochu, Bennett she you with another beautiful year, filled with mazel, with bracha, with hatzlocha, with Parnasa, with kol mishalos libecha, and the ve'esem shanem tovos. And with that, let us, let us begin. We have a lot to do today, so today's daf is Yudgibble 13, We are picking up on... Good base, on the base, 18b, and we're actually picking up 18 lines up from the bottom. A little, let's actually pick up with the last line we did in yesterday's da'af. Some rav ch'arana amrav. Rav ch'arana said in the name of rav, Code states adam dekab a person could cut down a palm tree, an chalamayr, afa pishinotarech elalin and sarshal, even though a person only needs the sawdust. So this is the wisdom's the last halacha we saw in yesterday's da'af. See, so even though, again, all I need is the sawdust, right? And the sawdust is a relatively small and insignificant byproduct of a much larger malacha. Nevertheless, Rav said that Allah, you could cut down the palm tree for the sawdust. We'll layit it, Allah, Abaye. Abaye went ahead, I will say, layit literally means cursed. Abaye cursed the person who went ahead and did this. Meaning Abaye felt that it was an, an unjustifiable amount of malacha for a very, very small result. So says the Gemara Rav Ashi Who's listening to this story. So Abaye had Rav says Abba is a Yar Bashlaino. Like Bashleinah, right? Bashleinah was the name of the city. Or right, Bishleina was the name of the city. See, he had a, he had a, he had a forest. He had a forest. Rav Ashi had a forest. He went to cut down some trees during He went to cut down some trees during Chalamite. Or Shila from said to I might mm-hmm. Why are you cutting down trees? So we'll say, so ultimately again, so Ravashi said, Well, look, Rab said, You're allowed to cut down palm trees, even though you just need the sawdust. So therefore again, Ravashi said, That's why I'm that's why I'm asking like I, but yet, but Rav Sheila said to him, ha I, but yet, Abai said this is an inappropriate practice, right? Abai went ahead and cursed someone who went ahead and lived by this practice. Sarmalay, lo-shmirli. So said, oh, I never heard it. Now, he didn't mean I never heard it. Rather, what did he say? Kilomar, lo severely, I don't hold of that. I, I, don't, I, don't, hold, I don't hold of Abai, I hold of Rav. So the Gemara says, Ishtamit Nargo. As he was cutting down the trees, he almost had an accident, and he almost the axe almost went into his thigh. So he recognized, he recognized, right? Hadra asa. See, he recognized Ravashi recognized that this near this accident, right? This near this near, I don't know, it's a near death experience, but certainly this near, near significant injury experience was an omen that ultimately, again, he was disrespectful. Of the position of Ra'avav Baye, and therefore again stopped cutting down trees. All right, so I'll say an interesting, interesting story. Rav Yehuda Shari le Me'akar Kishna, Kishusa, Ule Me'akar Shumshmi. Rav Yehuda prevented on So I'll say le Me'akar means to go ahead and cut flax. Cut flax. Um, I'm sorry, the Me'akar Kisna, right? The Me'akar Kisna, le'mikdal kishusa, to harvest or to cut hops, or the Me'akar Shumshmi, and to go and uproot sesame, uproot sesame. So the Gemara says, Amr le'abai, the Rav Yosef, bishlam en kisna, chazila khatifa. So I understand, flax is beneficial on Khalamaid how so? Because it can be used to cover up food. Kishusa, chazila shichra, hops can be made into beer, but sesame, what what is sesame used for? So the Gemara says, what what it means is sesame, generally when you harvest it, is not a readily usable item, there's still much production that has to be done to it, so what is it usable? To which the Gemara says, no, 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 when you harvest, or you cut down sesame, there are small little seeds inside of the sesame plant that are already ready for immediate use. So therefore, it serves an immediate chalamaid use. demata So I'll say, so what happened, this is very interesting. Rabi Anayi, had a particular orchard, and ultimately again, the time to harvest the orchard came on chalamaid, and therefore he had it harvested. He had it harvested. So we'll say, so remember again, we spoke about this already. Now that that could have been a situation of a hafsid maruba, right? That if it's not if, right, if he's going to incur a significant loss by not harvesting it now, ultimately it's permitted. It could have been a poal, right? Yuchal, a worker that had no other work to do, and therefore again, Rav allowed him to cut down the allowed him to cut down the orchard. It could have been a variety of things. Rav say, remember again, this entire time one of the constant themes, entire time, last two days. One of the one of the themes that have kept coming up is what we'll call the Adam Chashuv motif. And what's the Adam Chashuv motif? Right, that when you are a high profile person, it could very well be that you have to conduct yourself in a different way. And it's not just enough to go ahead and make sure that something is mutter, but rather <coughs> something could be mutter but it might not be the right thing for you to do because people may learn from your behaviors and may come to glean erroneous conclusions from your behaviors. So what happened? So here Rabbi Yanai went ahead and had his orchard harvested on Khalamaid. So it says, so, we'll say, so the next year what happened? Well, once people saw that Rabbi Yanai is harvesting his orchard on Khalamaid, so what did they do? Everybody purposely delayed the harvesting of their fields until Khalamaid. They figured, hey, if I can harvest this field in Chalamayit, we can harvest our fields in Khalamaid And it's great, by the way, right? Khalamaid again, often, like we said before, I'm not doing my regular day job, Right, I'm not doing other work. I have some more time. It's more relaxed. It's a nice chalamay activity for the family. So people intentionally delayed the harvesting of their field until until Chalameid, To which the emerse, so what happened? So Rabbanai realizing this, Rabbanai realized after Rabbanai the made his entire field hefker that year. Rashi says, why did he make his field hefker after Rabbanai the Mishum da al yado to who ad because Rabbi Yanai realized that although it was not his intention, at the end of the day, his act led people to make a mistake. So, because he was so upset about this, he did not want to benefit from the orchard, and therefore he made it hefker. So, say really. Fa- so, again, it's fascinating how the gemara kind of ends off with this piece. To so even speak about Adam Chashev, Adam Chashev, Adam Chashev, shiny, and here is a story where you see how an Adam khashuv, really has to go out and conduct himself in accordance with a different kind of standard. Beautiful. A person could bring his produce in from the field if he's concerned about thieves. Right, so he's concerned about thieves from theft, I could bring in my produce. Bishol identified flax that was soaking. I could pull it out of the water in order that it not 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 suffer a loss. Obilvad shleichave dislach to So we'll say this is always the dominant theme. You could do these things to stave off a loss as long as what you did not intentionally leave it for chalamay. If you intentionally left the malacha for chalamayid, chazal penalized you. Right? So, um, as much as this entire time, I mean, we're, only, we're only 12 blocks into Moed Khatan, but we've seen this theme over and over and over that you could do malacha for the sake of a davra avud, but if you intentionally leave your work for chalamayid, chazal penalized you and you can't do it. Says the Gimara, says the Gimara, We'll say, by the way, with the produce piece, so we give you a license to move your produce into your house in order to save yourself from theft. But when doing that, you have to do that in a private fashion, right? In other words, we don't want malacha done in a public way and the act of moving fruit, right? over the could be, could be a lot of work, moving produce. So do it in a way, but do it, do it privately. So the Rav Yosef, kishure. Rav Yosef had certain beams that were left outside, and he had to move them into his house in order to prevent theft. That's the Davra Ovid. So, Ailinu Yamama. He brought it in during the day. So, Amrale Abaye, Vatayanab Bilash Yachnizim, Tsinabasal Basel. Sa says, Rabbi Yosef, but the Mishnah said, you should do it privately. So, shouldn't you have moved the beams into your home at night? So, listen to this Amrale The Yamamahu. The best private way to move these beams is by day why is that listen to this so the guimara says the mm-hmm. cavan de balaila boy gavri ysero baimedukare mid excuse me midukre denura of shamalsa cuz if you try to if you try to move beams at night what do you need First of all, you need manpower, right? Second of all, you need torches. So the idea of what I'll say is it's actually so much of a, even though night potentially affords you kind of like the cover of secrecy, but it's not really, because you're gonna have a lot more people involved, you're gonna to need torches. So this way, the best way to do this in private, so to speak, is to do it by day. Incredible. Says the Yerav HaSholah and Mishra, and you could go ahead and, right, pull your flax out of, pull your flax out of the water in order to stave off a loss. And I will say, now the last part of the Mishnah said that what? That, if you intentionally left your malacha for Khalamaid, then ultimately, even if it's a davra of a potential loss, chaza penalized you, and you cannot do the malacha. I will say, listen to this fascinating shayla. Rabbi Rabbi say, let's say we have this case, where a person intentionally left his work for Khalamaid. Intentionally, right? So let's say a person had, whatever, whatever, whatever the case is, right? The person left his flax soaking inside of the water and he intentionally left it there until chalamai to take it out. So i will say, the Mishnah says, he's penalized, he can't take it out. He has to suffer the loss. Listen to this shaila, Umais. So i will say, let's call the guy Ruven. Reuven intentionally left his flax in the water until he could have taken it out before chalamid. He purposely left it in there until chalamid, figuring I'll have time there to take care of it. Fine. So what's the halacha for Reuven? What's the halacha for Reuven? He can't take out the flax. Let's say Reuven dies. Let's say Reuven dies. Now Reuven has a son, Shimon. Right? So we will say. So what's the shaila? What's the shaila? Maushi yiknusu bonav ach sheikansu. Sorry, of So I'll we'll say. Listen to this. Does the penalty? Apply to his son Shimon or not? So now Reuven died, right? Reuven is the person who intentionally left the malacha for chalamayid. So now, do we say that the penalty devolves upon the son as well, and the son Shimon can't remove the flax from the water as well, or no? The penalty. The pe- so we'll say you're going to see what's the Shaila over here. It's fascinating. The Shaila is is the penalty a did in the gavra or in the cheftza? When Chazal penalized you if you did not do malacha before malacha you could have done before yamtiv. But you didn't do it. Is the penalty in the individual or is the penalty on the object? What's the nafkamina? The nafkamina is if the transgressor died. So now does his heir have the same penalty or not? Well it depends. If the penalty is a din of the god, a din of the individual, then once ruvain dies, the penalty dies with him. But if the penalty is a din in the on the item, then Shimon, the inheritor, can't remove the flax as well. Imtim, so I will say, top of your Gimel, Imtim, so the Gimel tries to figure this out. Let's analyze, let's analyze. Saram so Ozem Bachar, let's listen to this case. You have a Bihar animal, right? Bihar is a firstborn animal. What do you do with your firstborn animal? You give it to the coin with one exception, which is if the animal develops a mom, a blemish. So, we'll say, so let's say, again, you're, you're too impatient. I'm, Yisrael, I'm too impatient for nature to take its curse. So what do I do? I blemish the animal, right? I literally, I nick the ear, the ear of the animal. So, we'll say, so remember again, what's Talachim is very interesting. So let's say, let's say Ruvain has a Bechor animal. Ruvain goes in and purposely blemishes it. Then Ruvain dies. Now he has a son, Shimon. Shimon inherits him. Now Shimon has the Bechor animal. So what's the status of the Bechor animal? So, no, the Knas is still on the animal. Right? In other words, Shimon, the inheritor, cannot get benefits from this animal because it's right the, the penalty seems to devolve upon the object not the person. Gimara says it's not a good riot why? Because remember again purposely blemishing a bakhar animal is an isr daraisa so maybe by an isr daraisa biblical prohibition the obligation or I should say the penalty devolves on, upon the object. Vim tim salam Slomar, another case but let's say, let's say the following case. The halacha is, you are not permitted to sell your non-Jewish servant to a non-Jewish master. Right, that's the halacha. And if you go ahead and you sell your non-Jewish servant, your Evid Kinani, to a non-Jewish master, you are obligated to redeem that servant even if it requires an exorbitant amount of money. So let's say Reuven sold his Evid Kinani, and then Reuven dies, and then Reuven dies his son Shimon is still obligated to go ahead and redeem the servant. Which I will say, once again sounds like that what? Whenever there is a penalty, the penalty devolves upon the object, not upon the person. And therefore the inheritor is still subject to the penalty. So, Kansobno Achorov. To which Lord says that's not a good raya either. Mishum dechol mafki le you have to say, why is there a penalty if you sell an eved to a non-Jewish to a non-Jewish owner? Because remember, again, an Everkinani has an obligation of mitzvos. Right now, again, he has a limited obligation of mitzvos, but an obligation nevertheless. So because when you sold him, you're actively removed to remove him from his ability to go in and fulfill mitzvos. That's why you're obligated to redeem him. So we we'll say, Shaila in our case, what's the halacha? So we'll say, now back to halamay. So in a very simple case, right? Ruben purposely delayed malacha until halamay. So let's just keep the case of Mishnah. He put his flax in water. He could have removed it before Yom Tiv. He purposely delayed it until halamay. So, what did the Mishnah say? Ruvain would be penalized, and Ruvain cannot remove the flax. He has to suffer the loss. Now Ruvain dies, Shimon inherited. Is Shimon allowed to remove the flax from the water or not? Is the penalty. On the individual, in which case, if Reuven died, the penalty dies with him, or is the penalty on the object, on the cheftza? In which case, even the inheritor Shimon cannot remove the flax from the water. My Gavra Rabana I say, do we say that the penalty is upon the individual Reuven, and Reuven is dead? O Dilma, O Dilma, m- Mamona say, or maybe not, the penalty is on the money is on the money, and ultimately are the object, and the object is to extant. extent, <laughs> we learn this, <laughs> we'll say, if you remove, this means you removed thorns, if you have a field from which thorns were removed during Shemitah, Tizra you, could, you could go ahead and seed that field on Matzeh Shviyas, if you want to have the it means the field is fertilized, now, in the type, we'll see. By the way, both the and the both means the field is fertilized, but in two different ways of fertilizing. The of means you bring in like wagon loads of, of, of fertilizer and fertilize the field that way. The is what we saw in yesterday's daf, where you corral the animals in different places on the field, and they naturally fertilize the field. So, what's the If you fertilize the field, you are not permitted to go ahead and you are not permitted to go ahead and sow the field. On say, Now here's what's interesting. The act of fertilizing the field on Shemitah is an Iser It's not an isr right? The Iser for Shemitah is to actively work the field. Fertilizing is a D'rabanon. Yet what do you see from here? You see from here that Allah Ma'isa, even when you violate the D'rabanon, there is a knas, there's a penalty. And what does the penalty devolve upon? Sounds like it devolves upon the object, right? The field may not be sown on Matzei Sheviyas. So it sounds like again, kinas rabbinic kinasos, rabbinic penalties don't devolve upon people; they devolve upon objects to which the gemara he says. Rabbi Abam, says, Rabbi Abam, Rabbi Yossi, naktinon hetiva umes bino Zora. But yet we learned here is the problem. We did learn that what that halacha la if let's say ruvein ruvein enhanced the field in some way, in other words, thereby violating shmita umes, and then he died. Bino Zorah, that his son is permitted to sow the field, which I will say sounds like what? That penalties devolve upon what? People and not things and not objects. Amo I'm sorry. Amo libre lo Therefore, I will say, what do you see from the Shemitah case? From the Shemitah case, you see that the the when Chazal penalized something, they penalized the person they penalized the transgressor, they did not penalize the object. Therefore, again, if the father enhances the field, and then the father dies, the son, the inheritor, is permitted to work the field on what Again, penalty devolves upon object, not upon person. Hachinami, therefore the Gemara says, over here, by as well, I will say this seems to be the conclusion of the Gemara, which is really quite fascinating, that when Chazal went ahead and made the penalty, so may I created a penalty, Knas. the knas devolves upon the perpetrator, upon the person, but not upon the object. Therefore, Halacha the way the Gemara is ending off in this sugya is that when, go, when Reuven goes ahead and purposely leaves Malacha for Halameit, so the Mishnah said, we knas him, we penalize him. So therefore, again, Reuven cannot pull out the flax from the water, even though it's a davara of it. He has to suffer a total loss. But should Ruven pass away and his son Shimon now inherits, Shimon now owns the flax, the kanas is not on Shimon, right? The kanas is on the individual, and therefore Shimon would be permitted to go ahead and remove the flax from the water. The kanas devolves upon the person, not upon the object. It is a din in the gavro, not a din in the chef. So, incredible. Amr um, Abayi, says, hey. Nachtinon, well, not totally finished yet, Nachtinon, taros avumes. So let's we'll listen to this, an interesting case. Let's say Ruven goes over, and uh, Ruven goes over to Levi, and Reuven purposely makes Levi's Tahar items Tomei, right? Levi, Levi's got Truma, and Ruven takes a mouse, and he puts the mouse on top of the Truma, then he walks away, right? So he goes ahead, and he defiles Right? He defiles the Truma of, of Levi. So, what's Talakha? Timi Umes, lo beno So, I say, now when you go ahead and you're metame someone, so I'll say, interestingly enough, your tame, your tame summons taros, so the rabbis penalize you. You have to pay, you have to pay. So, what's Talakha? Let's say Ruvein dies before he has the opportunity to pay the penalty. What's Talakha? Lo now Shimon, the son of Rubain, doesn't have to pay his father's penalties, which once again sounds like that what? Penalties, also devolve upon individuals, not upon objects. To which the Gemara says, that's a different case. hezek hezek? We'll say, so this, the Gemara says, is an outlier case, because it's actually quite fascinating. Remember, if you go over and you defile someone's true, let's say we'll say, I get into a fight, with my, with my neighbor who's a coin And I say, you know what, I'm gonna give it to this guy. I take a dead sheretz and I put it on his truma and I walk back home. Everybody say, by the way, it's the best thing, why? Because I, right? I see him eating that truma and he thinks he's Mamish, Aaron, the Cohen, God leading eating his truma. They're looking down on me. I'm eating my chul and he's eating his truma. And I realize, ah, oh, good, yeah, now nah, how's that truma? Right? How, how's that truma to me? right, going for you? So let's say, see, here's what's interesting. I've caused damage, but it's unrecognizable damage, right? It's unrecognizable damage. That's called Hezek She'en We'll get to these Sugis and the Zikin. Unre- so it's fascinating. In other words, externally, nothing has changed about that truma. But at the end of the day, I have caused damage. So we we'll say, really in Halacha, Hezek She'en Loshme Hezek when you cause damage that's not recognizable, that's not called damage, at least in a monetary sense, right? You can't really, ha- how, how do you go, you, you can't really measure damages like that. But yet, the rabbi's penalized you. In other words, there's a knas, there is a knas, even though again, there's no, there's no visible damage, we know you did damage, and therefore there's a knas. So we'll say, so again, since this is a knazz, once again, who does the knazz devolve upon? The knaas devolves upon the individual, not upon the object. So if Ruvain caused unrecognizable damage to his koi neighbor and then Ruvain dies, the obligation to pay that knas does not devolve upon Shimon, the surviving heir. So I'm to say, what indeed becomes the conclusion of this sukya is that Al when Chazal imposed the knas, They impose the Kness upon the perpetrator, right, and not upon the object. Therefore, should the transgressor transgressor, die, ultimately the Kness dies with him. And the heir does not have any relationship to that kana. So therefore, I will say again, for a halamayd purpose, if Ruven transgressed and purposely left malacha to halamayd, Ruvain himself would not be permitted to do the malacha and would have to suffer the loss. But if Ruven dies, then Shimon, the inheritor, is permitted to do the malacha, doesn't have to suffer the loss. Beautiful. Mishnah. On halamayd, you can't purchase homes, servants, or animals, unless, of course, you need them for halamayd. Or we will say again, going back to what we said before: if the seller is impoverished, right, and doesn't have what he needs for yamtiv, you could purchase one of these items in order to give him funds. So we already already saw it yesterday, so a little bit different. We will say here the is mocher. So Nachman Nachman the following mahu. So we'll say so the Mishnah phrases this as a mocher ve'en lo mayochal. A seller who doesn't have what to eat. What about a worker, right? What about a worker, right? What's talachah by a worker who doesn't have what to eat? Can you go ahead and hire him? To do work as well. So the Gemara says, so if you look at Rashi, Rashi says over here, almost right across from Rashi, So Yokal, we'll Shain Lo Mayoch, Sha'in Mahu, here's a shaila. The Mishnah tells me Mohar, a seller who doesn't have what to eat, I can buy something from him. What about a worker? Some day, Tani Tanina, Olet Soracha Shain so we learn this right where the Mishnah says so what does mean so the Gemara says what does that come to include does that not come to include even a worker she said no 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 that's ultimately again coming to interpret the previous phrase that when the Mishnah said that you can go ahead and purchase homes servants and livestock means different things Turah Kamoid can mean because I need it. Or Torah Hamoid can mean because the seller needs it. But it doesn't necessarily tell me anything about a worker. To which the umar says, the kasha in khov chov but so you're not allowed to write loan documents. But if you don't believe him, then I will say, what does it mean don't don't believe who? If the lender doesn't believe the borrower, doesn't trust the borrower, Or he has nothing to eat. He has nothing to eat. ze Then you could write a loan document. who do, who doesn't have what to eat? Who doesn't have what to eat? Lavla asui who doesn't have who's the person who doesn't have what to eat in this case? The sofa. The sofa. listen to this. This is because remember we're gonna both say, who benefits if you write documents? Who benefits if you write documents? So obviously the lender from a transactional perspective, the lender benefits. But I will say, remember again, if you're drafting a document, remember, I will say, it's not a new thing that people charge money for drafting documents, right? That lawyers charge money for drafting documents. So before the lawyers, it was a scribe, right? You hire the sofer, the sofa writes the document. So therefore, I will say, listen to this. So the Gemara says, normally, you can't go ahead and write loan documents on Khalamaid. But if the lender doesn't believe the borrower, so ultimately, again, you could draft the document or or he doesn't have what to eat. Who's the he? The he is the sofer, right? The drafter, right? If you know a guy who, this is what he does, he drafts documents and he does not have what he needs for Yamtiv, halachalamaisa, you could hire him to go in and draft the document, even if, by the way, even in a case where the lender totally believes the borrower. So we'll say, what do you see from here? So the Gemara says, you see from here that halachalamaisa, it's not just mochar ve'in lama but it's also that if you have a worker, or laborer, and he doesn't have what he needs, but we'll say, by the way, also, it doesn't have to be, Rashi points out, it doesn't have to be so extreme that he doesn't have any food, right? It could also he just doesn't have, you know, what he needs, everything he needs for Yom Tiv. In that kind of case, you can hire him to do work as well. Incredible. Most of Rav Sheishes says, So we'll say, we're, gonna, we're going to now raise a kasha to this, Based on a different halacha, this is the halacha ultimately again of erev Pesach. So listen to this: there are three professions that are permitted to do work on erev Pesach. What are the three professions? until midday. Who are the three professions? Hachayotin tailors, saparin barbers, kovsin launderers. Right now, why is this? Hachayotin shekin hedyo tofer edakar. Now both say here's what's interesting about this. The brisa is linking, is linking malachan erev Pesach to malachan Khalamaid. So right, so we let the tailor go ahead and work the same way that a tailor, right? Because Rashi says sewing, right? Especially again, if a person is not a professional, is permitted on Khalamaid. So the same way that sewing is permitted on Khalamaid, it's going to be permitted on erev Pesach as well. So ultimately, again. Barbers and launderers, Rabba they, they can do malacha on ere peisa chapa til chazos. Shekinah abayim v'dinas hayom vayotiv Surin, mutar l'sad. says this is going to be the new parak. Tomorrow is dafimir Sashem. We're going to see because under certain, certain, normally taking a haircut and doing laundry is Asran and Sometimes it's mutter. When is it motor? Ultimately, people who are coming from overseas and didn't have the ability to engage in these malachas prior to chalamayid. So, someone, someone shows them overseas, from was released from prison. So, these individuals, so now that we're establishing this connection, so what it sounds like over here is that what? What it sounds like is that, you could do malachan ereth pesach up until chalamayid as long as what? some form of that malacha would be permitted on halamayit as well. Now, if that's the relationship here. First wide line, you give him a Visa vizahadayitcha schar l'she'in shari nami l'shtiru, schar l'she'in Then will say, now if you hold that a pa'al ve'in that a worker who doesn't have what he needs for yamtiv is permitted to work on halamayit, you could hire him to work on halamayit. And we'll say, what kind of work can you hire him to do on halamayit? What kind of work? Sounds like anything. Right, it doesn't. if you notice by the way the Gemara is not placing any restrictions on what he can do if that's the case then that then really what it means is there is a circumstance in which any type of Malacha is permitted on Chalamite in that case every type of Malacha should be permitted on Erev Pesach up until Chatzos so Maski Flora Papa El Meata Binyon lishteri. But if that's the case, building should also be permitted. Why? So we learn this. If you have a wall that is that is kind of slanting into the Rish Sarabim, and there's a potential danger of collapse, what are you permitted to do in Khalamait? Deconstruct it and reconstruct it. So building should also be permitted on the Air of Pesach, Ravina. So I'm sorry, Siddhimara so says, ravina Furthermore again. We should, permit it to, we should allow the scribe to do his thing on Erev Yom Tev as well. Why? Because on chalamayid, you're permitted to write documents of Kiddushin, documents of Gittin, Shovrin, which is a receipt for payment of Aksuva. Amr of Asher says no. Moed Arba sar so we'll say you're comparing two dissimilar things. As much as the Brysah linked them, there's two different principles driving these things. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. they will say, why can't you do This It's very important. Why can't you do Malachan Chalamaid? One word, Tircha. Tircha. Because Chalamaid is still yantif, And therefore, again, we don't want you engaging in unnecessary exertion. So Tircha is what drives the prohibitions on Chalamaid. When did Chazal lift the prohibition of tirchah, or the, when did they lift it? Bakum to a situation of loss. And by the say loss looks different ways. Loss could mean if I don't do something, ultimately again I'm going to suffer a loss. Or loss could also mean someone doesn't have what they need, and they're living in a constant state of loss. Therefore, I could allow them to do malacha. That's what drives chalamayim. So he wants our boss. am shum said, "What's the license to do malacha on erev Yom Tiv, on erev Pesach?" Anything that's necessary for yomtiv can be done on erev Pesach. Midi the tzarich yomtiv shara rabbanon. Midi the l'av tzarich yomtiv lo shara rabbanon. Ultimately, again, Rav Ovadiah. Allah aloch ma'isa. Anything that is permitted, anything that's a yomtiv need, can be done. Anything that's not a yomtiv need cannot be done. So therefore, even though the price links them, in reality they are dissimilar. So we'll say, so therefore, Allah ma'isa. what comes out from this, what comes out from the Mishnah, the important principle is that Allah ma'isa. although you're not normally permitted to go and make large purchases like homes, servants, and livestock, if you need it for Chalamayit, you're allowed to, or if the seller doesn't have enough money, say so ultimately and the purchase is the way to give the seller the money for what he needs for Yom. The Dabi be permitted as well. The Yomar expands. This means it's not just a seller, but it's also a laborer. Poel, the Inlomah if you have a worker who doesn't have what he needs, you could hire him to do work on Chalamaid, not because you need the work, but ultimately, again, because he needs the money. Beautiful Mishnah. In so we'll say in general, that is, that is a great segue. We just said that on Khalamaid. What you have to be concerned with is tircha, and what we try to avoid is tircha. So, based on that, in we don't move stuff from one home to another home. I will say, what we're going to see what this means is, you don't move things from a home in one chaser to a home in a different chaser. But ultimately, and what can you do? You can move things from a home to a chatzar. So we'll say in general, if you have, if you, let's say, you have utensils by a craftsman, you would not bring them back from the home of the craftsman to your home on Yom But if you're concerned that maybe they're going to get stolen or damaged, then what? then ultimately, again, you could take them from the house of the craftsmen and just leave them in a different hut or just don't bring them back to your house. The idea that the Gemara is espousing over here is the concept that, once again, Tircha, Tircha. And here Tircha is taking on a very simple and real example, moving stuff around. <laughs> says the Gemara, Ultimately, again, so here's what's interesting. The Reishas seem to say you can't move anything at all. Right then, the second line of the Mishnah said, but you can move stuff from the bayis to the khaser. So what's going on over here? To which the gemorrah said, on the So let us say bayis like this. The first part of the Mishnah means you can't move stuff from one from a home in one khaser to a home in another khaser. The second line of the Mishnah is about what can you do? You can move stuff from from your home to the khaser. From the chutzner to the home. So listen to this. Rapapa says one time, Rabba tested us. Right, the Rabbi was giving a fire. He was giving a test to the talmidim, and he said, as Tnan." On one hand, we learned in the Mishnah you can't. Rebbe say, so again. Before Yom I deposited utensils at the house of a craftsman. To make them, or or, or I, I commissioned him to fix to fix something or to make something. I can't bring that back. I can't bring that home from his from the base of Uman to my home on Chalamay. Because we'll see, again? What's the concern? The concern is it looks like I'm engaging in normative commerce on Chalamay. So the rice, so we can't bring from base of Uman or minu have yeah, we'll another price, uh, and what does the brayza say? You could take Kalin to the base of Uman and bring Caleb back from the base Uman, right? So you, you, could, you could take it, you could bring. Even though I don't need these utensils for Khalamaid. So what's going on over here? say on there, how do we resolve this contradiction? Kan kan talking about two different times. Namely, what? One is talking about dalit Erev Pesach. So Erev you're allowed to take utensils to the craftsman and bring them home, right? Versus Khalamaid, where you can't bring and you can't take. So the Gimarsal HaBakhalo Shamoid, so Khan b'ma amino, Khan amino. Or another possible resolution, one is where you trust the craftsman and one is where you don't. When you trust the craftsman, then what? don't take anything home on Khalimaid. When you don't trust trust the craftsman, then you can pick it up from his home, ultimately again, ultimately again. And I do want to point out, even though Mish- Mishnah doesn't explicitly say, but it's understood, that anything you need for Khalamaid, of course, you can pick up from the house of the craftsman. In other words, let's say I, I left a pot, and I need the pot, right? I need the pot, I'm allowed to pick that up. We're talking about cases where you don't need it for the torah HaMod. Say for Rebbe just keep in mind what we have. We have a Mishnah that tells, us, that tells us that Allah, our Mishnah that we just read, that Allah, you can't take things to the woman, you can't pick it up. Now we have another B'raisa that says that you can take stuff and pick it up. How do you resolve that? So resolution number one, one is tell my Erev Pesach, or is my Chalamayid. Resolution number two, one is where you trust the craftsman, one is where you don't trust the craftsman. On the days of we learned, that you're permitted to bring utensils home from the house of the Uman Kigon. You could bring a jug, right, from the, from, from the, or I should say, you could bring a pot from the potter, or a glass from the glass maker, but you can't bring home wool from the dyer, or, or, or that matter, utensils from the house of the craftsman, but I will say, if in any of these cases, the particular craftsman doesn't have money that he needs for Khalamaid, no sin low umanicho et slow. Then in that case what can you do about side? You can pay him. You can pay him. Now here's what's interesting, you can pay him, but what do you do with the utensil? What do you do with the utensil? You leave it there. You leave it there. So in other words, the ideal apparently based on this is you're not you're not really engaging in any type of commercial activity or commerce activity with the craftsman at all. But if it's a case where the craftsman doesn't have what he needs, then what? Then Halo You could pay him, but you leave the utensil there. Then you know what if you don't believe the craftsman? Maniko Baba isamohlo. Ultimately again, then I will say, what can you do? You could pick up the utensil from the craftsman, but what? Don't bring it home. Don't bring it home. So you see this, again, Chazal did, just did not want you engaging in just what appeared to be normative commerce activity. So you need to get it out of the home of the craftsman because you don't trust the guy? That's fine. Put it somewhere else. Bring, take it from him. Put it somewhere else. But if ultimately, again, you're concerned that the utensils, right, the objects may get stolen, ultimately again, take it to a different beso. And I will say, at the end of the day, if still you're concerned, as well say, let's say a person doesn't have an etzah, there's nowhere for me to put the kelim, I'm afraid they're going to get salam, don't trust the craftsmen, you can bring them into your house, but do it what? Do it privately. right? Do, do, it, do it a bit furtively, right? so that no one sees what you're doing. To which the Gemara says, So you've now explained the case, ultimately again, of of sometimes being able to pick up to pick up the utensil from the craftsman. But what about said the contradiction about taking the utensil to the house of the craftsman? Diktani Rather said the best way to resolve the machlokis or the stira over here is our first answer. Namely I will say what? One is talking about the 14th of Nisan, Erev Pesach, and one is talking about Chalamayin. Erev Pesach, you are permitted to go ahead and take things to the craftsman and pick things up from the craftsman. Now, both sides, you'll think to yourself, but it's Erev yamtev, why would you think that you couldn't? Because also, remember again, what's unique already about Erev Pesach, there are limitations about the nature of the Malacha you can engage with. So because of that, I might have thought, that I can't take or pick stuff up. I'm allowed to go ahead and take stuff to the craftsman, pick stuff up from the craftsman on Erev Pesach, but on Chalamaid, I am significantly limited, right? Really, I can't take stuff, I can't pick stuff up. It is only in situations where either there's a concern of theft or a general lack of trust, where I, I, could pick, I can't take anything, but I can pick stuff up Deposit it elsewhere, if there's nowhere else to deposit it, I can bring it home. Of course, if it's a case of Tsorah I need the utensil to not permit it to pick it up as well. Beautiful. But let's say, so let's listen to this case. Let's say I have figs. Kiseos are figs that I have gone ahead and spread out in order to enable them to dry. So I say, so now, I want to spread some straw. I want to spread some straw over the figs to go ahead and protect them from the rain. So You can go ahead and protect the figs with straw. Rabbi Huda Omer af Not only, so I'll say this is interesting. Mechasin means I'm covering the figs with a very thin layer of straw. Rabbi Huda says you could even cover them with a thick layer of straw. Thick layer of straw. So I'll say so again. Why would this be permitted? So, what this represents is a davara of it, right? Ultimately, again, if I don't cover it with something, the produce may become ruined. Af Mokre Mokrei peiros, ksus kalim. We'll say, people who sell produce, clothing, kalim, utensils. Mokrin bitsino v'tsorach They could sell. But I was say, ultimately, again, we tell them to sell bitsina. I was say, we'll see what that means. bitsina. We tell them to sell in a bit more, in a bit more of a private fashion. I was say, what's the concern? Even though these are clearly things that can be tsora chamoid, we're concerned that it'll look like that you're purchasing things for for post yomtiv use. So therefore, we tell them often, we tell the sellers to kind of change the method in which they sell betzina. Hat sayadin v'hadashoshos v'hadgerusos. So I'll we'll say, so tsayadin are hunters. So we're going to see the shashos are people who go ahead, grain pounders. Right? They pound grain in order to make daisa. Daisa is like a type of porridge. Or grusos are people who go ahead and grind beans. So I'll we'll say all of these individuals. So trappers, grain pounders, lentil pounders, osin They could do their malacha, but they should do it bitsina and they could do it for the sake of Chalamah. Rabbi Yossi says, no, actually, these individuals were machmir on themselves. We'll see what that means machmir on themselves for what in the Yimar. Says the Rabbi Yimar. So let's we'll listen to this. Rabbi Khibar Abba, and Rabbi Asi argued, and they both argued in the name of Chiskiyah. What did they argue about? So we'll say, listen to this. Rabbi so, so the Gimara says, Meshed mm-hmm. Rechizke Rabbi Yochanan, Chad, right, Meshed Rechizke Rabbi Yochanan, Chad Amar, Mechapin Aklushe Ma'aben Asmuchhe. So we'll say, listen to this. So this, we're just going to define our terms in the Mishnah, right? Remember again, saying, the Mishnah began by saying that Mechapin, you could cover, you could go ahead and you could cover figs with straw, with straw. Right, so that's Mechapin. And Rabbi Huda says, ma'abin. So the first opinion says as follows: Rabbi Yochanan says, "Mechapin means a thin layer of straw, and Ma'abin means a thick layer of straw." The khadamar, the other opinion said, "Mechapin covering means bein aklushei bein asmuchei." That's a thin or thick layer of straw. So what's Ma'abin? Ma'abin is osa, osa kmin kri. I take the I take the figs. And I piled I piled the figs. I make the pigs into a, the figs into a pile. Then I will say, now what's the chap with making the figs into a pile? Mm-hmm. Things are easier to cover if they're piled. Right? So by piling the figs, it's easier for me to cover them. Rashi says, I piled them together. Therefore, this way it is easier to go ahead and cover them. Ta'inah, the that supports this. ma'abin. what does it mean? ma'abin? Osa, Osa, Divrei, So it's just the Machlokis and the terminology of the Mishnah. Ultimately, again, does Mechapen mean just a thin layer of straw? Ma'abin, a thick layer of straw? Or maybe... Machapin means thin or thick layer of straw. Maabin means I gather the produce into a pile and then cover it so that it's easier to cover. Good. Machlokas. Mokrei peros, ksus, kelim, So as Remember again, the Mishnah said that those who sold peros, which is produce, ksus, clothing, kelim, utensils, they sell, but they sell bitzinah. They sell privately. And the Abba said, and I remember again, how did the Mishnah, Rabbi Yossi said, they were mahmir machmir on themselves. So, we'll say, so what does that mean? What does the Abba say when you say that they are machmir on themselves? Well, so what does it mean? That they wouldn't sell at all? In other words, that they were a machmir, that the sellers, the merchants, they, right technically speaking, they could sell, but they were Mahmir machmir on themselves, not to sell, or no, 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 maybe what it means is, Technically, Rabbah said say, all these people could sell normally. Why could they sell normally? Because if you think about all of these things, Peros, right, Peros, Ksus and kalim, per, right, produce, clothing, and utensils. Technically, these are all Tzarek which means that technically, halachically, they should be able to sell normally. They were machmir on themselves to only sell Bitzinah, in a bit more of a private fashion. We'll define what that means. So once I said, what's the khumra? Was the khumra they stopped selling altogether? Or the khumra was they could really sell normally? They chose to sell in a little bit of a, of a more private fashion. So the Gemara said, listen to this. So people who sell peros, ksus, and kalim, produce, clothing, and utensils, they go out and they sell a bit more privately for the sake of yantuf, sake of Rabbi Abiyosi Rabbi says, T'agri tveria, hein miru al in kol now you're to say, by the way, the merchants of Teveria were totally machner on themselves, that they don't sell at all. They don't sell at all. Tzadeh, tzadeh chayos va'ofos, so I want say people who trap. chayos, ofos, chayos are non-domestic animals. Ofos, birds, dogim, fish. Sudden So they go ahead and they do their trapping, right, for the purpose of Yantid, but somehow they try to make, uh, they, they try to do it in a bit more of a private fashion. Rabbi Yossi Rabbi Yossi says, <speaking> in <Hebrew> Interesting enough, the fishermen of Akko, they didn't trap at all on Chalamid. So <speaking in Hebrew> well, let's listen to this. Those who go ahead now, have shu'che says dashe tivua. Those who go ahead and thresh grain, they thresh grain. And I will say now, this is interesting. We'll define all of this. What this means? Those who thresh grain for the sake of making chilka, tigris, and tisni. We're going to see this is different types of crushed grain. So they would do their thing on chalamaid, but they would do so with sinna. and they would of course only do threshing with Sora hamoed. Rabbi Yoshe, says. The Shushi Hein atzmon, shlu kol says, by the way, the thrushers of Tzipori, they were machmir, they were machmir, and ultimately, again, they didn't do any threshing at all. Umrah Baya, says, so we'll say, so just, let's go back for just a moment. So we'll say, what it sounds like over here, what it sounds like over here was that the Chumrah, we'll was, the khumra was to go ahead and not do any work. In other words, what sounds like the way the Gemara is saying is like this. Really, the haloha is that you could do what you need to do. Anything that is a halamite type service can be done. But what? Should be done with sinah. Should be done with sinah. The chumrah was people who decided to close up shop in totality over halamite. That was the chumrah. That was the chumrah. So what I said so now the Gemara just wants to define some terms. Because he spoke about the, the, the grain thrashers who made chilka, tigris, and tisni. What's Chilka, what's khilka, tigris, and tigni. So chilka chadlash, we'll say Chilka means the process of taking a grain kernel and making one grain kernel into two, splitting it in half. Tigris, chadlatlas, is taking one grain kernel, splitting it into three. Tisni khadalarba, one grain kernel taking it into four. Splitting it into four. Good. Kios Ravdimi Amar. When Ravdimi came along, he said, No, Kunsa. And will say, look at Rashi. Chilka is actually nothing to do with wheat, but rather, Chilka is taking spelt. Taking spelt, right? Going in and crushing spelt. So, say the Gemara says, Chilka, Tigris, V'tisni, Temein, V'chomachom. So, let's listen to this. So, yet yeah, we learned. We'll say, totally unrelated, Braysa. Chilka, Tigris, and Tisni, are Tameh anywhere. Now what, now what does this mean? So we'll see if you look at Rashi, Rashi says over oh, here, yeah, Meqablin Tumah. It means Chilka, Tigris, and Tisni, I'm sorry, Chilka, Tigris, and Tisni are always Meqablin Tumah. Now, we'll now watch this. So we'll see, now we have a fundamental nachlokas as to what Chilka, Tigris, and Tisni is. The first opinion said Chilka, Tigris, and Tisni is a wheat kernel that's split either into two parts, three parts, or four parts. Second opinion said, no, it's not wheat, it's spelt. So we'll say, now watch this. See if you say that Hilka, Tigris, and Tisni is a wheat kernel split into multiple parts. It makes sense, ultimately, again, that they're Macabal Tumah. Now, remember again, Tumma 101. You can only become be Macabal tumma if what? If you come in contact with a liquid, right? There has to be so I'll say the only way to split these kernels is if you've soaked them. That's the only way to split them. So therefore, it makes sense that they're So the Gemara says, I might will say, but if you just say it refers to spelt, not split spelt, but just spelt, then ultimately, why do you even tomorrow Who says they ever came in contact with liquid? To which Gemara says, go into mekalfon. No, no, no. Even according to the opinion who defines this as different kinds of spelt, ultimately again, it's peeled spelt. And I will say, how do you peel spelt? You first soak it. The ilav the lubamayo, have a Ultimately, again, because had you not first soaked it, you would not be able to peel it. So why do you call it chilka? Because you took away its peel. Good. So the Gemara says as follows. In other words, called chilka, again, how she points out, it's called chilka, you took away its peel. And because you took away the peel, therefore what? It's smooth. So, Chilka, Lashon of Chalak, Chalak means smooth, beautiful. May say, the kasha. Mitzri, Yavesh, Balach, So, let's listen to this. If a person makes a nether not to get benefit from grain, right? So, the Shadar Bosa, of course, becomes, how expensive is the term grain? So, a person makes a nether not to benefit from grain, he is aser even by, by pull Mitzri, yavish. So I say, pul mitri is an Egyptian lentil, an Egyptian bean. He's not permitted to go in and consume a pul mitri yavesh dry umutar balach, but he is permitted to go ahead and consume one that is moist Umutr baores bechilka betigris tisni And he's permitted to eat rice chilka tigris and tisni. So I say, subbishla shapir So I say, if you hold that Chilka, Tigris, and Tisni is a wheat kernel that was split either into two parts, three parts, or four parts. So it makes sense, therefore, that Allah a person who makes a nether not to eat grain, is permitted to eat these items. Why? Because since the kernel has been split up into so many parts, therefore, what? It no longer has the status of Dagan, of wheat. So the G'mar says damar kunsa, but if you hold that it refers to spelt, Dagan ma'al yuhu, then ultimately it's proper grain, and if it's proper grain, then why should you be able to eat it if you made a nether not to consume grain? To which the Gemara says kasha. So I'll say so. I just want to point out the chilka tigris tisni is an unresolved, is an unresolved dispute, just a definitional dispute. Does it refer just to spelt? Just also refers to spelt, or does it refer to a wheat kernel which is broken up in different ways? That's the fundamental Machlokas. Okay, incredible. So we'll say the Gemara says as follows, Rafuna, Shari lahu lahana krufaysa, l'mezal, Lizabuni kirchayi b'shuka. So we'll listen to this. So Rafuna allowed these kru- krufaisa. What's Krufaisa? Mokhre b'shamin. People who go ahead and and sell b'shamin. Right? So we'll say these people sold different, uh, different spices. He allowed them to go ahead and sell their spices in the normal fashion in the shuk. Okay, so says the Gemara, Ace Raf Kahana, raised the Gasha, Khanus Psucha, So I'll say, so now again, the point over here to focus on is as follows Rafuna allowed them to sell in the normal way. Now, why is this interesting? It's interesting because the Mishnah kind of made it sound like that even people who have a license to sell on Chalamag, what do they have to do? Bitsinah, whatever Bitsinah means, right? But Bitsinah means some type of deviation from normal commerce practices. So yet, Raphuna allowed these Krufaisa to go ahead and sell normally. So the Gemara says, If you have a straw that opened up into a Stav. Now, we will say Stav, Rashi says over here, is So we'll say a staff is just almost like an area with benches. So it's an it's it's an area Rashi says over here. Rashi says It's not the public thoroughfare. So you essentially you have a store that kind of opens up into more of like a courtyard area. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of pedestrian traffic. Ultimately again, it can open up on Khalamaid in a normal way. In a normal way, since it's not open to the general public. It could open up in a normal way. P'suk However, again, if the store opens or then achaz So this is very interesting. Often stores would have two doors, right? So what could you do? Open one door, leave one door closed. So say, so the one door open means you know we're open for business. It's chalamayit. But one door closed means bitzina, bitzina. The Yom yomtav aachron shachag so we'll say but yet listen to this on so we'll say so for example so let's say so let's say by Sukis this would be Hoshana Rabbah uh, right by Pesach it would be the last day of Chalamay so the stores right they throw their they throw their doors wide open put out all of their wares now there why because they are enabling people to go ahead and sell, for the, for, or to buy, I should say, for, for the last days, Yom Tov. says, in, Shalom tov, Now what's interesting about this is as follows. It seems like the only reason they have a license to go ahead and what? To sell normally, is because of kavod yom tov But for the rest of chalamay, for the rest of they could keep, they could sell, but how do they have to sell? So, I was said so the kasha over here is on Rafuna because Rafuna allowed the spice salesmen to keep their stores open normally without any type of deviation or change. So, what's going on over here? So, I was like, interestingly enough, Rafuna allowed the spice merchants to go ahead and sell normally the people who sell peros had to sell a little bit differently. where lies the distinction? Rashi, Shishlach Shod say, the general concern with purchasing from stores is, are people purchasing for the sake of Khalamaid or potentially for after yamtus? Here's what's interesting. The derech of spices, and this is fascinating, it's, it's so different today. People, Bizman Gimara only bought fresh spices. So if you were buying spices on Khalamaid, it was clear that, why were you buying it? Why are you buying it? For chalamay, or may, or may, or last days yomtiv, there was no such thing as buying as buying, spa, as buying spices for some time later on. Say, for Rafuna said the spice shops they can operate normally because that's the type of industry where it's clear that whatever you're buying, whatever you're doing, ultimately again is for yomtiv. But other types of other types of, of, of commerce, or other types, even even food items, let's say peiros. There's a possibility that a person is buying for after Yom Tiv, and therefore again, the haloch is that those stores have to operate in what we call a little bit more of a bitsina fashion. I'll just, I'll just mention, the great sukhos to, to travel to Eretz today. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be gone for the last couple days, but my intention is still to Hashem to give the year. So uh, I'll be here with you on the on the big screen on the big screen a Hashem. So I say, know that if I'm not here, it's tempted to say, well, you know, if Shmuel Silber's not here, so I could I could watch it from home as well. So I say, you know that's so again to those on Zoom, fantastic. But again, but but you know, again, that's so much of the power of us learning together, is coming to the base medrash, coming to learn together, coming to dine together. So again, Baruch Hashem. I'm committed to you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be on the screen in Mirat Hashem every day. If there might be one day where I have to pre-record it, then it'll be shown. But in Mirat I'll be here with you every single day. So I would just urge you: let's, let's keep up the Ratzifos, let's keep up the Islavos, let's keep the Kol Torah going on in the daily Medrash. Hadru Nalach Misha Hafach, Mazaltaf,